0: All right, we're also, uh, we've been on a journey as a congregation and we are still on a journey and there are all kinds of parts of that journey but one of them is we've we've been trying to learn some lessons from others in God's family who were on journeys at different points of their lives and for the last few talks I've been looking at aspects of um, Deuteronomy chapter 6 which is, um, it's, it's not any more important than any other chapter, but it just caught my attention a while back and contained some principles that I felt, even though these people were literally thousands of years ago and were in a very different situation, there were some similarities in the fact that they're also on, on a journey from, from somewhere where they'd been used to, which had been a situation that had not changed in their case for hundreds of years. We're not quite in that situation, but we, we have been in a situation which has not altered significantly for a while, and then we, we go through this kind of um, significant change, which again was not one that was arranged by us, uh, but the, uh, the pandemic and all that surrounded that and everything else actually that's, that's gone on around us in these last few years, all kinds of national and international instances. Um, Are making a difference and here we are and we we're going somewhere just um, one piece of news uh, that you might be pleased to hear we have a plumber who is coming to fix the boiler at Lindisfarne so um, I can't promise when it will be fixed but I know we've got somebody coming to fix it so uh, that's progress at least and we we picked out four principles from the uh, the journey uh, and the, the, um, what the Israelites are going through at the time, because um, they had this kind of uh, long, 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 long sermon from Moses. And uh, this it was a lot more than 20 minutes, believe me. And there were four things in that that really caught my attention. And one was they were being encouraged to step into what seemed impossible. It was completely impossible. They were on the other side of a river in flood. They were trying to take over a land that they, they hadn't ever been in for uh, generations, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of years. They had to get past this fortified city called Jericho, which they probably didn't even know about, let alone how difficult it was going to be. And all those other things, it was all impossible. And they had to put their trust in a God that they were really only just getting to know. And uh, that was a strong characteristic of the, the rest of their journey, was to step into things that just seemed so crazy and so beyond themselves that they had to trust fully in the God that they were following. That was the first thing. The second thing was within that, they had to have an attitude of service and of giving. They had to be prepared not just to do what they wanted for themselves, but to give themselves for the sake of the, their others. And, uh, I mean, Remembrance Sunday is a really significant Sunday, Drew. Think about that, isn't it? Because we remember thousands and thousands and thousands who have given themselves for the sake of other people. Now, we probably won't be called upon to give that level of sacrifice, but we are called to, um, to lose ourselves as we follow Jesus And to give ourselves completely for him and in the process to give ourselves for each other so that was the second thing service and giving the third thing was to prepare the next generation and time and again throughout the whole of the old testament we see the encouragement to take what god had shown any particular generation of people and the good things to pass on to the next generation whether it was a a generation by natural birth or people that were added into their number through some other means because we may think you know with sim and ruth moving on into something else we may think well we we know all the stuff that sim and ruth have helped us learn and led us into Um, but actually some some of us won't know those things because we haven't been around all of that time and we don't know the, the the kind of background that we've come from so we we have to make sure that we pass some of that on, of our own story, as well as just the story of, of God, and the story of uh, his love for us, and his redemption, and his, uh, his desire to transform us, and the people around us, and the world around us. So those three things. The fourth actually pulls all those together, and the fourth is, I think, probably the most important and it's the, the strongest theme, and if you read any part of this story, or you, actually you read almost any part of the, uh, the Old Testament, you'll see this coming through, and that's to remember uh, what God has taught you. Um, in the case of the Old Testament, it's often referred to as the law. Uh, these days we wouldn't call it the law, we would just probably call it just the Bible, or the word of God, or what. You know whatever God has shown us and taught us but there's something really significant uh, i am uh, just not got that long so I'm going to try to encapsulate it as best I can and um, I I'm afraid I'm going to have to give you some homework again because you all need to go away and, and think about this because this is not just a well, um, we're talking to the whole community so we need to do it as a community because we do need to do that but we all have to do it at an individual level. This has to make a difference to us. It's, it's God speaking into our lives. And that's a really significant thing. So uh, I want to go back to uh, Deuteronomy 6. I'm not going to read it all. But uh, I think I'll, I will start at verse 1. These are, these are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. You, your children, your grandchildren, must lovingly respect the Lord your God as long as you live. Um, we often use the word fear there, and it's uh, um, it's not a, a fear and a dread. It's a fear that actually attracts us because we don't want to step outside of anything that He's saying or doing. Um, listen closely, Israel. Be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you. You will have many children in the land that flows with milk and honey, that flows with ab- abundance, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Um and, and so it goes on to so say, Don't worship other gods. Don't don't get attracted by what other cultures and other systems of belief and ways of doing things. Don't get attracted by what that lifestyle offers because in the end it's empty in the end it has nothing for you further on in the chapter verse 20 it says in the future your children will ask you what's the meaning of these laws these decrees these regulations that the lord our god has commanded us to obey and then you must tell them we were Pharaoh's slaves in egypt but the lord brought us out of egypt with his strong hand the lord did miraculous signs and wonders before our eyes dealing terrifying blows against Egypt and Pharaoh and all his people. He brought us out of Egypt so he could give us this land that he'd sworn to our ancestors. And the Lord our God commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear him and to continue, uh, so he can continue to bless us and preserve our lives as he has done to this day. The church um, tradition and culture that I was brought up in Took this kind of passage and made a straitjacket out of it, and and actually, um, my early experience of the the of trying to to follow God and understand the Bible was I would liken it much more to a straitjacket than than anything else. It was all about the things that I shouldn't do. It was all about the 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 things that I should do in quite a restrictive way, and it was. Um, that the whole tenor of it really was, um, there is a very, very narrow path. There's a kind of knife edge to balance on. And if you are losing your balance, then, then grab hold of God's word and it will correct you from your waywardness as a young man. Um, now, it's not that I didn't have waywardness as a young man um, or even as an older man. Uh, there's plenty of waywardness still. But Um, thankfully, uh, what I've discovered about God in the meantime has helped me to see that far from being a straitjacket, that actually understanding God's word releases me to know him in a way that I couldn't know him other than just through, um, the the way that I was first introduced to him. Let's, Let's put it that way, um. I'm trying to, uh, to, to cut short what I was going to say. So let me just jump in with this and then I'll try and explain it and defend it for the next kind of five minutes or so. Uh, I won't hold my Bible up because it will uh, fall apart. But um, when we read and engage with God's word, with the, the Bible, we are reading and engaging with God himself. We meet God in the pages of this this book. So often it's just portrayed as a book and it's portrayed as a a, a manual or a set of guidelines or or something like that. But it's not. Um, In the New Testament, uh, we have a phrase or a sentence that says, the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than a a sharp two-edged sword. It divides soul from spirit bone from marrow it is incisive and when we engage properly with the bible then we begin to engage with god and we can meet god and encounter god through the pages of this book it's not just something to read because that's what christians do um even dare i say and this is not meant to be disparaging at all it's not just reading a set of bible notes it's uh, one of the very well known set of bible notes is called everyday with jesus and and actually that's a brilliant title because it's everyday i need to walk with jesus everyday i i need to know that he is with me that i'm with him that we are on a journey together my consciousness of that relationship varies enormously sometimes i'm very conscious of it other days i i struggle to hold on to the the tenderness and the intimacy and the the power and the direction and the purpose that is contained within his words in this book for me but why why do we think we have it in this this format and now in all kinds of other formats we have some of you are on your phones and you're either checking the cricket score or you are uh, following what I'm saying. Some of you are taking notes on phones. Some of you, are, um, you'll watch videos on YouTube. Um, incidentally, I just listened to a brilliant podcast in the, um, the Bible Project series. They're doing a series at the moment on Deuteronomy and the fourth one covers a lot of this stuff. So I listened to it yesterday. And I thought, that's brilliant. I just get everyone to listen to the podcast. So we'll, we'll put a link on the podcast. Um, uh, City News, hopefully, and uh, everyone will get that, but we can meet with God through our interaction with this word let me uh, Let me ask you to have a quick look at Psalm one hundred and nineteen. Uh, some of you will laugh because you'll know that Psalm one hundred and nineteen is uh, quite long it 's one hundred and seventy six verses um, do you know it 's taken me about 50 years to learn to appreciate this psalm. Um, I think I'm only just beginning to appreciate it. It is the most incredible description from somebody who is having a deep, deep experience in trying to follow God, and uh, and it does look very specifically at the impact of the Word of God in in their lives and it it uses all kinds of words to describe that the precepts of god the ways of god the instructions of the lord the principles the commands etc etc and and some translations actually can make it sound quite heavy but some translations i think are doing a much better job because they are capturing hold of the heart of the the person that wrote this psalm and uh, the very last verse uh, and actually the the translation i'm in here doesn't uh, do a great job on it, in my view. Um, um, I've wandered away like a lost sheep. Come and find me, for I have not forgotten your commands. Now, actually, the, i wandered away like a lost sheep, I think, uh, from my understanding. That's a much stronger thing. Wandering away like a lost sheep, you know, it sounds quite twee, really, doesn't it? You just sort of wander off, and you go off and grab hold of the, the sheep and so on. And it, it doesn't carry that image at all. It carries the image of Here's a guy who is feeling lost. I'm feeling really, really lost, and I, I need you to find me, God. We sang earlier, you know, um, uh, your goodness is running after, running after me. Uh, actually, I mean, I, I like the, the, the song, and I got involved with it, but it just makes me want to stop running. I said, I don't want to run. I'll just stand still. Let your goodness catch up with me and, and envelop me nonetheless we we are like that sometimes we 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 just we go walk about don't we and god has to come and and say hey I'm, i'm still here now these people needed this kind of instruction because they were going to be a nation they'd never been a nation before they'd been slaves for 400 years then they'd been nomads for 40 years and they'd been a real bunch of moaners and every time something could go Uh, sometimes something went vaguely not the way they wanted it they just moaned all the time about it and now they're about to cross this this river and go into a land and they've got to fight some serious opposition they have got to uh, set up um, a system of of government and an infrastructure to look after them and they've got to live as responsible grown-up people The principles they needed were embedded here, or embedded in the bit that they have, which was only, you know, a tiny, tiny bit. They only had the, the, the law of God, which is just like a few pages of this. But it was to teach them principles that would change them and enable them to be the people that God had called them to be. And that's why we need to engage with this, to be the people that God has called us to be. Uh, I just want just want to say one more thing, and then I'm going to ask you to talk about a couple of questions. Um, this passage will will come up in the Christmas season because it always does, and it's John chapter one, and it's uh, it's where John describes Jesus as the Word, or, or some translations the living expression of God. Somehow Jesus was the Jesus was God with a face. Jesus was God with with flesh and bones, and he says, the word became flesh and lived among us. I think it's the message that talks about he, he came and he moved into the neighborhood. And that's what happens with this book. The more that we can engage with it and ask the Holy Spirit, who wrote it after all, to, to explain it to us, to help us understand it. I mean, how many of you have got bits that you don't understand in the Bible and therefore you avoid them? you think I'll just read the bits that I understand um, I like the bits that I understand but I'm getting much much bolder to read the bits that I don't understand because I think well they're probably good for me as well um, and I need to understand them and if I think they're not good for me then I've got a wrong understanding I hope that we can all engage with this more deeply um, you know and, it, and it's got a sort of a an application into we we've just had this prophetic weekend and we you know we uh, as a church we try to listen to the voice of God what we call the voice of God the sense of God speaking to us because it gives us direction and strength and it gives an application excuse me it gives an application of this written word of God prophecy often brings a very direct application of that and says. I think God is saying this, it's as though it, it's like this passage or this parable or this instance in the Bible or something like that. Anything we receive that we might term prophetic is always, it needs to match up with, with the word of God here. But it is incredibly helpful because it, it just gives us further understanding and it's a gift of the spirit to speak into what we already know. Okay, um, Alison, do we have a couple of questions we can put up, please? Because um, I'd like to, to put them up. I'd like to give you the opportunity to, for uh, the next seven minutes or so to uh, look at these questions, sit, uh, turn around with the people that you've been sitting near or um, just, you know, if there's a family of you or a couple or something, and... Um, take one of these questions or even both of them and just begin to uh, talk about them and uh, and perhaps pray for one another and say what is it that you are holding on to at the moment from from God's word and for me I there are, there are key things at the moment that I am pursuing and are taking me through this period that we're in it'll be the same for for Simon and Ruth and the promises God's made to them And it'll be the same for all of us. We're all in that process. So there you are. There's the questions. Please feel free to move and uh, move your chairs around, and I'll call us to a finish in a few minutes' time.